This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 926, Comic Talk. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is uh, episode 926. It's a comic talk episode. It's actually not the original episode I uh, intended on recording today. I, originally, this was uh, going to be a, a road trip episode, Comic Shenanigans on the Road. That was my full intention this past weekend, as uh, I went with uh, Paul Skoros, who's been on the show many times before. He's my brother-in-law. Uh, Nathan Strzok, who's uh, the godfather of my son. Actually, I should say that Paul's the godfather of my, of my son. Sorry, in uh, Nate, the godfather, godfather of my daughter. Sorry. Whoa. Uh, anyways, there. I like to call them godfathers-in-law. They do not appreciate this title. They don't also uh, accept it or uh, recognize it. But uh, we were going to Chicago for uh, Nate's 40th birthday. Um, well, I shouldn't really say that on, on the show. That he just turned 40. Whoops, I outed him. He just turned 40. Um, so we were uh, we were going to uh, the Chicago area. We were going to the Galloping Ghost Arcade. We'd heard that it was a pretty awesome arcade. had over 800 cabinets. And uh, Nathan and uh, Paul are huge ca- uh, arcade fans. So we decided we would take this journey uh it was notable because it was the first time any of us had been out of the country since uh the pandemic started in march 2020 so i had last been somewhere uh january 2020 i was on a cruise uh so this is the last the first time we had been actually out, uh gone outside of our country uh it was only a few weeks after the land border had been opened into the states it was uh, up until that point uh, people from the u.s um were able to go across the border to, to enter canada but we couldn't really go the other way so finally, this border is open. Big deal. So we're going to travel across. We're going to go to Chicago. Uh, because Nathan is a teacher, we were literally going to do this uh, Friday night. We were going to drive uh, to the to the border, which was like a three-hour drive for us, uh, to Windsor, Ontario. The next morning, we were going to head off to uh, Chicago. And uh, we were going to go on this journey. And uh, along the way, um, Nathan has become a huge uh, Epic fan recently. Uh, he's been uh, featured on a couple episodes talking about Epic collections uh, and his kind of uh, newfound love of them and his journey to get more. And so on the way, we had heard from our, our U.S. Uh, you know, compatriots on the Epic Marvel podcast, sorry, Epic Marvel Collection uh, Facebook group that uh, a lot of people went to Ollie's in the States, which is something we'd never heard of because we don't have Ollie's. We don't even know what that was. Uh, the idea that it was kind of like a bargain store where people they would get liquidated stock at really cheap price and then they'd sell it. So uh, we had heard about this, so we, we made plans. Uh, so on the way, I think we had the four or five Ollie's. Like, it was kind of ag- aggressive. Like It should really take eight or nine hours to get to Chicago. From uh, Windsor, it should take maybe five and a half or so, or five-something. Uh, it took us forever. I think we, we didn't get on the road to, like, I don't know, I want to say like eight or nine, I guess nine maybe. Um, maybe a little earlier. Uh, but we did not get to chicago or to our destination i should say until about 5 p.m uh central time so really six six time uh six eastern time so it was it was a crazy long day um but a lot of adventures a lot of uh ollies a bunch of different comic book stores i had like 11 comics from you know i had recently changed comic book stores uh earlier this year and there were some issues that were kind of in the middle between my switch over and that i didn't end up getting and so i had like 11 books i needed two that were older than a year and the rest were relatively recent 
And uh, I was able to, uh, in the first two comic stores we went to, get 10 of the 11, and I'm very happy. So um, my son and I used to read Sonic the Hedgehog comics, and we haven't been able to do that for a while because we've missed an issue. I'm like, no, we can't, we can't skip. Uh, but then we had like seven or eight issues in, in between because I had not gotten this missing issue yet because it was like my, my, sh- my store had shut down as part of the lockdown during the pandemic. They didn't get any new comics. And the screw doing you know uh, curbside delivery and they just literally had no new comics coming in um so i had no way of getting comics for a while and then trying to catch up with that was insane um and so i had this one issue that i just did not have of sonic the hedgehog and we couldn't read anything else and uh we couldn't read those which probably why we started reading other stuff at marvel etc i'm excited to go back to sonic i feel like we should start from the beginning and you know there's what 46 issues so if you do an episode you know a, a comic a day that's still, you know, almost seven weeks full of Sonic comics. But I kind of want to do it. I want to go back. And uh, there's miniseries. I finally got the uh, issues two and three of Sonic Bad Guys. I had issues one and four. Uh, actually, I had Sinister War one, of four, one and four, I should say. And I didn't have two and three. And I finally found them on this trip. And although one of the covers was one of the weird um, kind of Handbook of the Marvel Universe kind of style text pieces which is such a weird choice. So I, in my, uh, when I, when I bag it, I'm going to turn it around and just have the back cover, which actually says sinister war. It's such a weird, I mean, I really cool in some ways, but also in, in other ways, like that's not a cover, like the action figure covers. I kind of like more cause it's still clear. It's a cover. This is just like, what was that a text page that they put on the wrong spot? Oh, that's just the cover. That was on purpose. Okay. Um, it was, it was, it was a wonderful time at the galloping ghost. As I said, we went to a lot of ollies, a lot of comic book stores. I think on the way home, we went, I think, to like five or six just in the Chicago area alone, just kind of popping in and out, uh, which was fun. It was it was exciting. It was, you know, part of the journey. You know, it was all about trying new things. We did have d- deep dish pizza while we were in the Chicago area, of course, at Giordano's. Um, but, you know, you got you to try new things. And so that's definitely what we were doing. Um, that's actually not why I was going to record this podcast. Um, now I'm just kind of recapping what you didn't get to hear. Um, <laughs> we didn't end up doing a podcast on the way home. Um, part of the original reason was that we were going to do, you know, this, this road trip uh, podcast on the way there it was you know when we were driving to windsor actually i will preface it we uh recently nate has started getting the clone saga uh, collection so he has all the clone saga epics but doesn't have all the ben riley epics so we he had been in london ontario not long ago but a month or so ago and he could swear he swore that he had seen you know clone saga trade paperbacks and they're you know not the easiest thing to find so he really wanted to go back there so we he comes and picks me up like okay it might be tight but if we pick up paul and we're fast about it we might be able to get there so we pick him up we look at the clock and i'm like okay based on us driving we'll get there at 7 24 p.m it's 7 20 sorry it's 7 24 p.m uh they close at 7 30 let's go uh, so that was a very nerve-wracking trip because <laughs> we were talking about all this stuff, and so I, I didn't really want to record. You have to pick your moments for when you're going to you know, bust out a recording in the middle of a, of, a, of a road trip, and this didn't feel like the moment. I thought, oh, maybe on the way back when it's quieter. Um, so we didn't do it that way. I will say we made it to the store. We made it at 724, kind of. Uh, we were almost at the store. We were about to get onto the street that had the store, and then the, the street that we were on was completely shut down, due to, and Waze didn't know about it. And that Because I, I remember I had specifically used ways so i wouldn't have to worry about you know weird things on the on the 
Anyways, it led us straight into a road that was no longer open at all. It was like completely gone under construction. So we, 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 instead of trying to find a way around, we kind of parked, we turned around, parked so we could easily get out of that street later. Uh, Paul was like, I'll stay with the car. You guys go. So we jumped out and Nate did not have the instructions of where to go. He did not have the directions. I had that on my phone. So he ran the wrong way. And I'm like, no, 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 Nate, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. So we run to the store. We run past this guy on the, on the street who's just kind of walking there. We don't know any, but he's yelling something at us. We're like, oh, what's going on? We run to the to the store. We get there just in time. It's 726. Uh, Nate goes in. He, he pulls up his mask. He goes in because it's a mask mandate to get into the store. I reach into my pocket and my mask is gone. And I'm like, no. So now like, I'm literally just standing out in the cold just waiting for Nate. Nate does not realize that I'm gone. He thinks he's in the store doing his, you know, being like, where'd he go? Where did I lose him in here? Finally realizes I'm outside. They've locked the door. I'm outside. He's like, can I let my friend in? And like, yeah, but he needs a mask. So he comes and he's like, I've got a mask. I'm like, okay. So I, I was able to look at the store. It was a cool store. I didn't really get a lot of chance to browse, obviously, because now it was past 730. Um, and uh, Nate was not, unfortunately, they did not have the Ben Riley epics. They did have clone side epics, but not the Ben Riley epics. And we left. Uh, on the way back to the car, of course, I find my mask. That's what the guy yelled at us about. You dropped something. That's what they were yelling. But we were too busy running because we thought we would miss the store that I did not realize that. And I had, you know, it was in my pocket, flew out of my pocket. Thankfully, it was on the on the road, able to wash it later that day and use it again. So it, was, it definitely was one of my favorite masks. I really like that mask. So I'm glad I found it. Uh, quite the adventure. Anyways, I intended a recording the next day um but because we were going to so many ollies um you know it, it was constantly like this is where we got to go plus you know because we were going on and off there was the the directions were a little bit more you know uh, you know there's a little bit more to them whereas generally if you're going from you know detroit to chicago a lot of it's just straight <laughs> Um, and then, you know, you don't really have to worry about the direction so much. But if you're trying to hit and go to, you know, four or five different Ollie's uh, stores, uh, suddenly you're, it's very different. Now, I will say it broke up the trip a lot, even though the trip ended up taking a lot longer as a result. Uh, it felt like, you know, you, we were getting out of the car a lot more often. So it was breaking up the monotony of the drive. But it that did mean that there was no you know, not as good a time to podcast per se. And then coming home, we were doing a lot of comic book stores and then we had to go back to Anali's because Nate had decided not to get something in there and changed his mind on the way home. So we, we went and go when went and got it, which was fun. Um, and so then I just never really recorded it. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll record it once we're back in Canada. And I just never did. So instead of having, you know, a great conversation with me, me and my buddies talking on the, you know, on the podcast for a few hours or a couple hours or however long we would have recorded, you're instead getting me blabbering on about it for 10 minutes. Uh, the real thing I was going to talk about in this episode, and I'm running out of time now, um, I was kind of thinking about... So as I record this, it's a day before the Hawkeye TV series starts, which in my wildest dreams growing up, I never would have thought I would have gotten a Hawkeye TV series. Now, Hawkeye is definitely one of my favorite Avengers, but I was trying to, I was trying to figure out why. And my answer is a weird one, because I think in a lot of ways, what made me love Hawkeye wasn't Avengers at all. It was his adventures with the Thunderbolts. That's where I really came to enjoy and love the character. Now, did I go back and read a lot of his more seminal stuff, you know, him and Mockingbird, him and the WCA? Yes, I have read that stuff. But I think what really first made me care and love about Hawkeye as a character was Thunderbolts, because that guy was, you know, somewhat brash, but also a good leader. Um, you know, and, and he was he was really elevating those other people. It's like they were a mess, and so them being a mess made him less of a mess. And I understand that. Like, if I I'm someone who likes to panic, but if I'm with someone who's panicking, I will not panic because I'm worried about trying to fix you know trying to calm that person down and be the rock they need so that they, they won't panic. Just the way I'm built. So I think Hawkeye is you know. Uh, 
maybe not, it wasn't a mess per se. Well, nowadays, that's a whole other story. But at the time, you know, he was, he was a capable guy. Um, but he became extra capable because he had to lift up the Thunderbolts and really lead them to the promised land of, you know, their, their pardons and being good people and good guys. And he believed in people. And um, I really loved how both Kurt Busiek and Fabian Nicieza wrote him um, because it was just such a, a phenomenal way to, you know, develop that character. So that's what kind of made me love Hawkeye. I was trying to think where I first saw Hawkeye. It was probably the Iron Man TV show, to be honest. Um, he, I don't think he was in, was he, no, because he wasn't really part of Force Works, was he? So he wasn't in the Iron Man's Hands of the Mandarin storyline that I would have read uh, in and around that period, but he was in the TV show. So I remember seeing him in the TV show, liking him there. Um, but I think, and I, I read Avengers Heroes Return, uh, only a few issues when I was younger. I think I only read issues, I think, one, three, four, and five. I think I only owned three, four, and five for a long time. But Hawkeye was in there, and I liked how Hawkeye was written in those issues. Um, so, you know, and it didn't hurt that he had George Perez in art, and he looked awesome. And then you had him, you know, in Thunderbolts, and you had Bagley, or he had Zerker, and he was just really well done. And was, I really loved that character. And, that, and I remember loving Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts ended with thirty five with seventy five, and the next time we saw Hawkeye, I just was so let down by how he was written. And I think this is before Avengers Thunderbolts, which again felt like it was more like the regular Hawkeye again. But Hawkeye was written by I want to say Jeff Johns, but uh, in the kind of when She Hulk kind of went crazy storyline that was around what Avengers like between Avengers sixty five and seventy, I want to say. Um, but I remember Scott Collins of the artwork, and I like Scott Collins, and I've talked to Scott Collins on the show. I'm a big fan, but I really did not like his portrayal of Hawkeye at that time. And I, it's interesting because a lot of the visual portrayal of the character, I love when Collins did it in the Earth's Mightiest Heroes or Earth. Yeah, I think that's what it was called, the miniseries about the earliest days of the. Of I think I think it was him who did it. Now I'm a, I'm a little not sure, but I'm pretty sure that's who was doing the art on these. And I th- I feel like I really enjoyed it when you know we're doing an old school Clint. Uh, kind of new on the on on the beat, so to speak, uh, and seeing how that character was kind of written and drawn, and I, I think I really enjoyed that. And then seeing how he was done in instead in this uh, you know in the in the modern era, which again would have been after the period I loved in Thunderbolts, uh, really rubbed me the wrong way. And it, it's such a stupid thing. Like I, but I remember being so upset about it and so annoyed that he looked this way because it just didn't visually didn't feel like the same character I had come to love. And that was very difficult for me to reconcile. Um, I'm trying to think of the actual issue. I guess it was the, the Search for She-Hulk. This would have been written by, yeah, Jeff Johns. And you had Collins on art. And if you want to check out a particular cover, uh, the cover to Avengers 74. Um, that's the one that I'm thinking of. And I am not a fan. I don't like it. Um, I like the art in and of itself. Did I like it for, again, that iteration of the character and who that character was at that point? Um, I did not. I did not like it. And I was very upset by it. And I'm being so annoyed. And I love the, how weird we are as comic book fans about really picking apart that kind of stuff. Like, you know, why Why did that bug me? I don't know. I don't know why it bugged me. But I remember it so turned me off and made me annoyed and upset. And there's no reason for that. Uh, but it, it's, it's just what happened. Whereas when he comes on and he does artwork in, um, again, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, that is the title, uh, that was written by Joe Casey, then I love that interpretation of Hawkeye, and I would say he does the same thing, I'm look, I'm literally thinking about it, and thinking like, you know what, I think that interpretation of the character is very similar, and if you look at the cover to issue 6 of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and that, oh my god, it's almost the, it's almost the exact same image, I didn't even realize that before, you, I would swear it was the same thing, um, 
but it's very it's very similar and yet one of them bugs me and one of them I love and I cannot explain and maybe again it's just something in my mind that I love the you know the the, the braggart that the original Hawkeye was and then having the Hawkeye that I loved which was the one by Mark Bagley, who is rappelling up the side of a mountain, thinking about how to lead the team, and then having a relationship with Moon uh, Meteorite or Moonstone, whatever you want to call her. Like that, that's my Hawkeye. You know, the Hawkeye who takes the impossible shot, um, the Hawkeye who, in issue fifty of Thunderbolts, uh, turns himself into the government himself into the government and goes to jail so that his team can be free. Um, like, it, there's just so, so much good stuff that I love about Hawkeye. That that that. That when that when I saw that Collins art on a mainline current continuity Avengers issue, it bugged the hell out of me, and I was like, "Nope, not my Hawkeye." I love how ridiculous we can be as fans, and I totally copped to that. Um, speaking of not my Hawkeye, I love Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. It's a brilliant book. I love the artwork by David Ah. Uh, I don't know how, exactly know how to pronounce that. It feels very David Masekeli in all the best ways. It's great. It's beautiful. Um, it's got a great sense of pacing and style. It's fun. Again, the art is so unique in there, so I really enjoy it. But it's not Hawkeye that I loved, that I fell in love with. It, may, it recast Hawkeye as kind of a, a lovable loser uh, who just you know happens to be an Avenger. And... I would say this portrayal has persisted in the comics ever since. It's interesting because, you know, some characters like Iron Man, you have a singular portrayal in the in the movies that re- redefines that character. And so everyone is writing Tony Stark to be Robert Downey Jr. in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not. Some of them aren't as overt about it, but it's always there. It's always in the DNA. And then you have a character like Hawkeye, who they no one ever, and I guess it's just because no one felt that Jeremy Renner and this is no offense to Jeremy Renner at all, but it didn't feel like it was like, wow, he redefined that character and really spoke in that character's voice and made me redefine everything I knew about Hawkeye. That's just not what happened. Um, so instead, you have Matt Fraction recast Hawkeye, and that version has persisted. I'm really fascinated to watch the new TV show, show because I'm wondering how much of that Hawkeye will creep into movie Hawkeye. And to be honest probably not the worst thing in the world because I would say in a lot of ways the movie Hawkeye is not the most nuanced he hasn't really been given a lot of character introspection Um, he had some moments but you know it was more I almost want to say fridging for lack of a better term but you know he he got motivation and did things because of you know his family being ripped away so we didn't really get a good sense of him we got a good sense of what that loss did um, but that really you know it just it's, it's a whole it's a whole weird thing um, so I'm really excited to see what the Hawkeye TV series looks like and actually feels like once we get the first two episodes. I'm almost at issues. I'm excited to see Kate Bishop. I'm not even a huge fan of Haley Steinfeld. I'm, I'm just not. But when I see her on the screen in the, all the trailers, I feel like, well, that's, I don't even see Haley Steinfeld. I see Kate Bishop, um, which is, you know, no small feat. I don't hear Spider-Gwen, even though I know that that's, that's who it is. And I, I like her just fine. Haley Steinfeld just fine, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, but again, you see her in the in the purple, and you're like, "That's Kate Bishop. They did it." Um, so I'm really excited to see what that kind of looks like. Anyways, I just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of my first interactions with Hawkeye as a character. Uh, I'll probably do a future episode where I kind of go uh, go through more of the other Avengers and you know what kind of made me fans of those particular characters. But for Hawkeye, it will always be Thunderbolts. It will always be Kurt Busiek and Fabian Nicieza. More so Nicieza, to be honest, because I didn't start buying Thunderbolts on the regular until Nicieza took over. I love the Busiek stuff, and I've gone back and really enjoyed it. But it was Nicieza who really made me a fan. And so really, it's Nicieza who made his Hawkeye is the one that I, I've responded to the most. 
um, and loved everything he did with the character. Anyways, that is the episode. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Write the show on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.